Talking Real Money. Hey, thanks for being part of Talking Real Money. We are here every Saturday to answer your questions and calls, comments, trying to figure out this mysterious thing called money. You know, and it just, the reason it's mysterious is because you don't get much help understanding it. Uh, you generally don't get very much good help at home. Not always, but generally. The schools really don't do it anymore at all. And then what do you, so what are you left with? You're left with kind of the financial media. You're left with people that have ideas. You're left with your people that you work with or you're around that think they know what they're talking about. And no offense, most of them we see are really not that well informed. And geez, the mistakes, the mistakes are the killer. So before you make one or if you think you've made one or you're trying to figure things out, give me a call, 855-935-8255. Get a free T-shirt, Talking Real Money shirt. They're nice. 855-935-TALK is our number. And one of the mistakes I see so prevalent today is this belief. You remember the term cash is king? Then it was cash is trash, right? Because cash was paying nothing. There was like $18 trillion in banks that was making no interest. Well, now the worm has turned. It's big money being made on savings. And then you read these quotes. 25-year-old Eric Reed, an insurance analyst back in Springfield, Illinois, says, this is, quote, the value of holding cash right now is incredible. It really benefits natural savers like me. So you're 25 and you're piling money into what? Uh, high yield savings where you can make 5% now, which ain't bad. You can learn any more about these rates at bankrate.com or a CD at next bank for 5.6, a one year CD. So you feel really great, right? Because this thing that was paying nothing is now paying you back big returns. But at 25, how much money should you have in CDs or high yield savings accounts? Not much. Unless you're saving for an immediate need, unless you're going to buy a house, you have another major expense coming. You want to buy a car. I learned the price of that yesterday when I went to a test drive and they said, how soon till you write the check? I thought, God, I better start saving my money faster if I want to write that check. But this is a tragic mistake. And cash, really, it's, it, it, it is more lucrative place to park your money, has been for the last year. But who saw that in advance, for one thing? Did you move your money over there in advance to do that? Not likely. Number two, generally, cash instruments like this are not going to keep up much with inflation. And inflation today running, I guess, at 4%. Nobody really knows that number for sure. Here in the greater Seattle area where we do the broadcast from, your gasoline is over five bucks a gallon. Another reason I was looking at an EV yesterday. Other assets have made more over the long haul. There's another woman in that same piece I was reading from the Wall Street Journal said, we're not going to get rich on T-bills, but we're not going to lose it by rolling the dice on the stock market. Well, if you do things you're I'm reading about people doing, you know, putting money into meme stocks again, Rite Aid, Tupperware, those sort of things. And options on those, yeah, that is rolling the dice. But if you buy a diversified portfolio, nah, that's not rolling the dice. That's taking advantage of long-term growth of economies and capitalism. And generally, if I see people moving from one asset class like stocks, even bonds, into cash, that is a market timing strategy, Eric. That is saying, here's what looks great today. I got to move my money to that. And what do we know about that? Over the long haul, those people have ended up with less. They've chased the returns of something that has been hot. And you again, you may feel great being in a one-year CD at 5%. 
But no offense, even a globally diversified stock portfolio this year is up over 10%. And in the long haul, we expect it to make somewhere around 10% if history is a guide. So it is a mistake to try to find something that is hot right now and move your money into it. It is a mistake to think that cash is a good place to be, especially at age 25. My goodness, you should be invested really primarily all in a globally diversified portfolio of stocks and hope you hit a home run. And boy, if you if you had the money, put it in a Roth because then you get tax-free growth there as well. Cash yeah, I hate to say it. It it was king. It really, truly is over the long haul trash because it's not going to pay you, has not paid you as much as stocks and bonds in the long haul. But let's talk about what you need help on because you can do that by just giving us a ring. 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. Tom Cock here. Don McDonald out one more week. He'll be back soon. We'll be back together next Saturday. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from hodgepodgeitis dread opening their quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high-pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, this week it's still just Tom. Sorry, Don will be back soon. He's uh, in transit here. Uh, we'll be leaving Denmark. I think it's tomorrow and back in uh, sunny Florida on Monday. So you'll be hearing him on podcast next week, and then we will be doing the show together next Saturday. In the interim, 855-935-8255 is our telephone number, 855-935-8255. And one of our advisors will be here helping me out, making sure I don't make too many mistakes today. And that's Roxy Butner. Thank you uh, for for being part of the program. You're going to need to be closer to that microphone, that I guarantee. Way closer. Keep going. Keep going. Roxy's done experience in all this because she just did a great webinar like one week ago that I saw part of, which was great. So welcome. Lots of fun. Glad to be here. Thank you for joining us. Let's go to the telephones. And Sean joins us on Talking Real Money. Hi, Sean. Hi, Tom. Is it John? Uh, John, I apologize. They told me Sean. So how can I help you? John. Hey, hey, I have a... Uh, annuity situation and I didn't catch the very beginning of the show I know you're talking about annuities um, what happened was nine years ago I retired I had to retire a little early on disability anyway at the time I had 465k in my 401k and I was pretty sure it was a good idea to roll it over into a retirement account 
So I went to my financial advisor, and I know you can't see the air quotes, but financial advisor who said like, well, how about we put uh, the whole 465 in this, say, instrument or fund where in the future you can receive a monthly payment every year, every month, and your 465 will never go down. Although uh, I'll ask you not to um, trigger this payment for at least seven years. Of course, I know that's the surrender charts now, and he was selling me a deferred annuity, variable annuity. And now I know that's a bad idea, but anyway, over the years, like uh, my 465 did grow to 647 two years ago, and I was living fine off my disability pension and my social security, so I didn't really need any income, so I converted $30,000 each year the last two years into my Roth IRA, and I'm at the point where um, if I wait 14 months, I can trigger my annuity at 5.5%. Right now, it's up 4.5%, but I, my plan right now is to wait until it's 5.5% and take out $30,000 for the next two years. So it'll be like at least 520000 But the other options, what if I convert the entire amount into my Roth or cash out the cash value of 520000 now and, you know, I'll take a big tax hit, probably one-third, but invest that, you know, with Fidelity or someone like in some index funds. Okay, but let's go back. Let's go back. Um, first of all, yeah, I would be in sure. favor of D just moving the money over to an IRA again, having the money there, and then taking it out when you need it. Um, but okay. I just want to make sure I'm clear. The money yeah. that's in there, this rollover IRA, I do never, I never favor taking a, oh. a, a retirement account and moving it into an annuity in, if it's qualified money because it, you're paying for something you already have, and that is the the, the 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 taxation, right? You already get that benefit by being in a qualified plan. That's you've already done it. That's over. But if you didn't need the right. money, I would, I would take it. I would. I, you're paying again there for something. If, if this is a variable annuity, very expensive. I, and I'd have to look at the annuity to understand exactly what you're paying. But in a general sense, you're paying somewhere around 3% a year for the pleasure of them holding you money and giving you your money back. The past is done. Right. That's over. If you didn't need the money and you, and you just want to sort of clean things up, I would do what you talked about. I would take the 465. I would move that over to an individual retirement account. You mentioned Fidelity. They've got very fine index funds there. And then take the money out as you have to as required minimum distribution. Roxy? Yeah. You, you could be, you know, have to deal with a surrender charge if you do that, but potentially depending on when you got it, you might, it might not be too uh, high. I'm past the seven-year surrender period, so I oh, think okay. I'm good there. Then that's basically a no-brainer. Yeah, I would transfer it over to an IRA. I mean, one of the real benefits that people don't think about, too, is that with an annuity that ends at your end of life, with the IRA, you'll be able to keep that growing for whoever your beneficiaries may be in the future. Okay, good point. And, like, um, 
I'm 67 now, but uh, uh, I I give about 10,000 a year to charity. So yeah, that's the half. Can I do the qualified? QCD. Yep, you could do that. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable strategy. Again, and and thank you for your call, John. I mean, an annuity, the idea here is you're giving the money to someone else, right? They're taking responsibility for that. It's their money in a way, and they're giving you some of your own money back. And what's the cost of doing that? Most of the products, it's kind of expensive. And the problem you run into is that it feels good because look my 460 i think you went to said to made to six something now i question what it would have made just in a regular you know ira that was invested as you mentioned in index funds and you would have owned the money in all the time and you could have gotten it anytime you like and it you're just again paying somebody roxy to sort of give you your own money back that's how i look at it yeah yeah and they also oftentimes with these types of annuities they'll have a cap so if you are earning, you know, seven, eight percent in the S&P 500, if that's part of the variable investments, then they might have a cap that you only receive up to three or four percent of it. So you're, you're either guaranteeing you something which people get caught up on, you know, that word guarantee. But the reality is you'll be better off investing in the market. And this is, but it feels so good. I'm giving the money to somebody that's a guarantee. It's never going to be any less than that. Well, that feels good. It's a guarantee that I get 5% of my money back over some period. That feels good, right? But the reality is you can either hire someone else to do it for you much more cheaply or do it yourself for less than a tenth of the cost, right? Because if you're paying 3, 3% a year on average to the annuity, you can get into funds that are far, far less. Now, does it take a little more work? Yeah, it takes a little more work to do it on your own. But I question whether or not, and especially in your circumstance, John, where you said you're basically living, I think, on a pension and Social Security, so you do not need the income from that. So this is really money, you already mentioned the charitable aspect, that you're giving away or you're maybe keeping for the next generation so why would I want to sort of put all these rules on it? Why would I pay someone to get my own money back over that period of time when you don't need that? Other people may need that situation. We do run into people that they're they're big spenders, for example. If you give the money to somebody for an immediate annuity and they're only going to give you a certain amount back, well, that's good because now you can't spend anymore, right? But in a general sense, this is why we don't favor these kind of products. 855-935-8255, 855 855- Nine three five talk. Give us a call. We'll give you a free talking real money shirt too if you ring us up. Happy to chat about anything financially related. We'll be right back. Tom and Don are talking real money for your real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Thanks for being part of Talking Real Money here every Saturday live and as a podcast basically every day at any of your favorite podcast services. And part of the program, a big part of the program, is answering your questions and calls and comments and trying to get money right. We really don't want money to be the biggest thing in your life. That's the number one thing that it's a goal of mine. So people kind of, it has a place, right? It has to be important because it is sort of the food that pays for the rest of your life, but it shouldn't be central. So let's see if we can help you do that by taking your questions and calls at 855-935-TALK. I'm joined by Roxy Butner, who's one of our advisors, who's uh, pretty well known. Actually, she's done her own webinars and stuff. So you can go up on our website, Appella Wealth and click on a, a class there. She's done a bunch of those and doing a great job. So thanks for joining us. Let's go back to the phones. 
Michael joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Michael. Hey, how are you folks doing today? So it's obviously um, annuity question day along with National Mustard Day, but that's the side <laughs> point. We'll take the mustard, man. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll take the annuity, too. Why not? All right. So, so yes, I'm one of those folks that have a annuity. It's got uh, the surrender date is next week. It's got 475000 in it. And I was listening to the previous caller and your commentary. If I wait until after, and this is a question, uh, if I wait until after the surrender date, I can take that money out, no penalties? Well, no, okay, wait. You can't, if it's if this is qualified money, like an individual retirement account? It's, it's actually non-qualified money. So about, about 37000 of that would be taxable. The rest of it is completely tax-free. And when we bought this annuity a long time ago, that was the the sexy part of the annuity. And well, here we are. So uh, if I stayed with this particular group, I'd be bringing in about thirty-four thousand a year, of which ninety percent would be tax-free. Um, what my broker is recommending and long story how we ended up with this person is to sell this one and move to a different one which would instead of paying 34,000 would pay 43,000 however that's taxable and I'm working the numbers but what sparked my interest was the previous caller in that I could get that money out and then just invest it myself yeah and your situation is a little bit different than the previous caller because that was an IRA in this situation, okay. you will, if you do surrender the annuity, you will have to pay taxes on any earnings, capital gains. And it sounds like if you got it many, many, many years ago, you're going to have a pretty high tax bill if you want to get out of the annuity. So that's the very first well, thing that, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, the, the investment earnings is only 37000 So that's what I would be subject to from a tax perspective. I'm in a very high tax bracket. Um, so... Yeah, so one one thing you might want to do, if you want to get out of it, you might want to wait until, if you're in a high tax bracket right now, will you be retiring soon and potentially in a lower tax bracket? Lord willing, next year. All right, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, and, um, I, you know, um, financially, we have no debt. House is paid for, cars are paid for, the new car that we're buying, and I feel you're paying, Tom, uh, about new car prices. But we've built that into our budget, so when we paid off the old car five years ago, I kept saving that money so that when I had to buy a new car, I could drop cash, even though I might Ah. borrow a little bit. I may borrow a little bit to offset the car loan prices, so I'll be paying under a point in interest so that'll free up 40k that i can do something else with yeah michael so, i think you've answered the question yourself and thank you very much for your phone call at 855-935-8255 i would not buy a new annuity unless again there's some need for income there that you feel like you can't get somewhere else i mean you could take that money out you could build your own little annuity right stocks and bonds rebalance every year take out your earnings things grow there, the money remains yours. It remains liquid. And uh, again, if some of it comes out tax-free, that's even better. But no, I wouldn't. I would not get sucked into a new product where you're likely going to pay a big commission. And as they say, it doesn't work to your advantage. Eight five five nine three five eighty two fifty five. Give us a ring. Got a free shirt for you too, and answer your questions right here on Talking Real Money. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Here to answer your questions and calls about all things financial. 855-935-8255. Tom Cock here. Don McDonald with the day off. We invited uh, Roxy Butner into the office, into the studio here. It's kind of a weird day because uh, we've got all our clients coming. Well, not all. But we have some of our clients coming by later for a party. And uh, here it hasn't rained in like three years, and it's going to rain today because we're having an outdoor party, right? Because that's just the way the world works. But at any rate, uh, you're out there trying to figure out how to best take care of your money, and we want to help you, and we'll do that right now with Eugene. Eugene, welcome to Talking Real Money. How are you? Can you hear me? We hear you just fine, sir. And I happen to be calling from Baltimore, Maryland, of all places. All right. Um. I really called to just get a T-shirt, but beyond that... Uh, <laughs> well, you're honest. I like uh, that about you. I mean, I hope I don't have to live close to Seattle to pick nope. one up. They, they have this thing called the U.S. Mail now. They actually send them out and okay. they make there. So. All right. Um, but do I hold on at the end? <laughs> they already have, as long as... They, she's she's taking names and numbers, Eugene, so she will tell you that. I don't know how all that works, but we're gonna, we will call you and get your address. Nobody took so. my name and number, okay. but I do have we'll a stand question by. anyway. Yeah, go ahead. All right. The question is, when, do, and I never even knew it existed, I've heard of qualified charitable giving, but what's something called a quali- qualified uh, annuity trust? Yeah, uh, maybe I, I had the no. terminology right. Where you give a, a, a charity a, a turn a big sum of money over, and then you get a check somehow from the outfit until you die. That's exactly right. When does that become reasonable to do that? When do you feel charitable? <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. Let's say I'll round things off. Uh, this current year, I've got to take sixty thousand dollars in yep. RMDs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if I just take the money uh, between state and federal, I'm going to uh, lose easily forty percent of it. But let's say fifty percent for math reasons. So that means they get so the government gets thirty, and I keep thirty. Uh, but if I give the uh, the whole sixty to a charity, then I don't have to pay to thirty thousand on it. But am I going to get a, any any uh, valuable checks to get close to the other thirty in my pocket over the years? You're now you're you're you're. These are two different things. One's a qualified. Charitable qualified distribution. That's where money comes out of the IRA, goes to the charity. You get nothing from that. That's a totally, right, right, that's a one, right. one, but you don't have to pay right. tax on that distribution. What you're talking right. about is a charitable trust where you actually give the money to a charity. They are the ownership and they give you some of that back every year while you're still alive. Right. But now, is, in, that, in that case, do you have to pay the federal tax on the withdrawal or not? I don't know that you can do that with a qualified. I think that has to be non-qualified money. But I actually have a guy here, which will get an answer for you. Uh, uh, could you know this one, Roxy? Because I'm not exactly sure. But I don't know that you can take an IRA. But I got a guy here in the office who can answer this right now. He's literally two doors down. And uh, we will get that answer for you because I'm not exactly sure. They're running down to get him right now because... The, the the qualified distributions, yes, I do know that just simply goes to the charity and you don't have right, to pay tax right, on right. that. But in yeah. terms of giving it to a charity 
and having them pay you, whether you have to pay tax on that, I don't know. But we had a guy, his name's Taylor. He's actually my son. I'm bringing him in right now. He's sitting down in the chair. And uh, you might want to put those headphones on. We're talking to Eugene about giving money to uh, a charity in a trust where you get some of the income. You're all right. Just sit right up there. And do you have to pay tax on that income once you've given the money to the charity that, that holds no, the no, trust? No, no, no. Not the income. Uh, if I take the sixty thousand out and give it to the charity, uh, do I have to? Do I still have to pay tax as a as a, a uh, RMD? Yeah. Well, let's take up two things. Number one, can you do take money for? Can you take money out of your IRA and hand it to a charity and have them sort of manage that, Taylor, and pay you back some amount of that, like a like a charitable trust, or does that have to be? non-qualified money he doesn't know the answer he's looking at me i'm crazy but your question then eugene sounds like can you just take some of the money you're giving to the charity and receive that and not pay tax on it i don't think that's true is that am i hearing you right um no because my my base basis of my question is taking the money out of the ira yep all right if i do it without any of these fancy words I, I, it's a quali- uh, required yep. minimum distribution. I'll pay 40%, 50%. To Between the state and lo- federal. Yep, got it. Now, if I do the same money. Eugene, Eugene, can I get you to hang charity. on? Eugene, hang on a second. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll see if we can get you a definitive answer. Because Taylor actually has a designation about giving away your money, which is great because that's what we're talking about here. 855-935-8255 as we continue talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Don are talking real money. Thank you for being part of Talking Real Money today, which is also National Mustard Day, which I didn't know until we started the show. Not sure how to use that, but because uh, we're having pizza here in a little bit. I usually don't put mustard on my pizza, but I guess you could. 855-935-TALK is our telephone number, 855-935-8255. We're talking with Eugene. We're talking about giving your money away, giving his money away, but still getting something. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Taylor Cock is here. He's one of our advisors who actually, what's the designation you have? You have an actual designation about, I tease you about giving people's money away. What's it called? It's Chartered Advisor in Philanthropy. Chartered Advisor in Philanthropy. Okay, that sounds great. But one of the things, before we get back to Eugene, and we'll talk, if we can get him straightened out, is we're talking about charitable remainder trusts, which is actually giving some of your money, not qualified money, like post-tax, but this is like taxable money or a stock that you held in a brokerage account, handing that to a charity. It's now their money. They give you some of that back every year, right? Some income from that. And then at the end of your life, they keep that money, right? That's a charitable remainder trust. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's really for big tax situations where you're going to run into large capital gains or, right, that's going to affect your taxes and estates as well. Um, so really the idea is to move it into that trust to get rid of that taxable event. Uh, however, at the end of your life, uh, that money will go to the charity. However, during your lifetime, you get about 5% a year off of that money. Okay, that's one. But we got Eugene on the phone calling us from Baltimore, Maryland. Eugene, now yeah. let's get to your situation because that's not what you were talking about, right? You're not talking about a charitable remainder trust, correct? 
Well, it sounds like they're putting the word remainder is kind of the same as um, annuity trust, doesn't it? Yes, they're very know. similar, yes. Yeah, okay. In other words, uh, your um, second-in-command there, your son, the question for him is the whole point of doing this is uh, not paying when I pull the money out, let's say, of T. Rowe Price. It's all in an IRA. And I give it to the Red Cross. All right. Uh, under normal circumstances, if I just put the money in my bank account, it's an RMD. The federal government's going to tax me. The state of Maryland is going to tax me. You know, 40, 50% total. All right. Now, if I give the whole 60000 to the Red Cross, do I still have to pay the RMD? Is that a considered an RMD taxable event? Or because I'm giving it to charity, uh, whichever form it's in, it, uh, it's not you know, uh, taxable. No, that's exactly that's right. You want to make sure you move the money directly from your IRA straight. Right. I don't want to get the money. Just like have the name to of them. the check of right. the charity. So it avoids right. being on your taxes entirely. Yes, that's correct. I mean, I so probably you recommend think, having a tax professional help you, right, uh, make sure you have that added in your taxes because a lot of custodians do not um, basically subject it to saying it's a QCD, for example. And I would think you'd have to give it to a fairly large enough charity that they have a division that deals with this kind of stuff. Correct. It has to be a public charity. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. It was worth waiting and calling in. He's not number two, by the way. Don't push me aside that quickly. Come on. No, 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 no. Who's who's the number one on his will? Your will. <laughs> wow. We're not getting into that today, Eugene. No, but that's no, a really are. good no, question. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Appreciate. You have a great show. It's shame you're thank not you. nationwide. I appreciate. Well, thank you so much for that. But it is kind of we got the podcast, so you can listen to us anyway, anytime. Yeah. Thank you, Eugene, for joining us, and uh, appreciate your great uh, your great call. So thank you, and thank you, Taylor, for coming up with the correct answer there. So th you get into this giving away stuff, it gets complicated, and Congress is always wanting to make make changes too, which seems like you know once you get things kind of figured out, then there's there's more things to figure out. Let's go to another written question. Um, because I get a lot of these at, uh, you can go to talkingrealmoney.com and you can send us a question there. You can call the number that we just gave out, the 855-935-TALK anytime. Leave your questions there. And Don does a all call Fridays. And we also take questions and calls any other time. We've got Roxy joining us back here. Roxy Butner is one of our advisors. And this uh, comes from Jim in Coleman, Alabama. He says, I'm 67, recently downsized from my company, currently living on my emergency fund. I've decided to retire. As Vanguard tells me, I have a 90% chance of having enough money. What do you think? I, I don't I read that. I well, think, okay, that's better than 80%, I guess. Is that a Vanguard advisor? Or is that, you know, one of their projection systems that they have online? I don't know. But here's the question. I'm doing this to try to delay filing for Social Security since it goes up 8% a year. Very good. I may be able to live off my emergency funds until January 2024. Then I'm considering tapping a traditional 401k as this year I have income to report while next year I will not. So in other words, you can you have a lot of options next year because you have no income. I wonder if this is a wise strategy since I have no reported income in 2024. My taxes will be lower, though my wife does work. I also have a Roth IRA, small pension, pension not enough to pay the bills. I understand Roth withdrawal should be my last. In other words, 
Got to create income in 2024. Yes, waiting, I think there's no doubt about that. This Because this year you have your taxable income from your job and your wife's income. Next year, yes, probably taking the traditional money first, but... Maybe looking at the Roth too, because you're going to want to you're going to want to come up right up to whatever line you can in terms of your taxation, right? You don't want to go above a certain bracket, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So you'll want to look. This is really tax planning, is what we're talking about. So you'll want to look at all the income from that you'll have through the rest of the year that your wife will have, whatever pension if that started or whenever that will start, and then you know whatever's left, see where how much money you have left in terms of income that you can receive without getting you into the next tax bracket. If going taking everything from your 401k would get you over that, then you might consider using more of the emergency fund if you have any left or some of the Roth just for that first year, first one or two years while you both still have income or one of you still has income. And this is something that comes up more often than you think. This is another reason that oftentimes I've told people, especially young people, to have several buckets of money. In other words, pre-tax or traditional 401k or uh, IRA, post-tax like a Roth 401k or IRA, and then a taxable account because then you can draw different amounts. This is a classic situation where Jim's saying, where should it come from to be the most tax efficient, knowing that the post-tax account is uh, going to only pay a long-term capital gains rate for while the the traditional is going to pay regular income tax. All right, we've got one more call. We'll see if we can squeeze it in. This comes from uh, Dave. Dave, go ahead. You're going to need to turn down your radio too, sir. Dave? Okay, thank you. Go, man, go. Okay, sorry. I'm just wondering, uh, QCD, does that qualify as a uh, RMD? I didn't quite understand if that was yes, the does. last guy's question. Yes, it does. Okay, so I can have my entire... RMD go to a QCD? Yes. You just want to make sure you go through whatever brokerage firm you're using so they write the check directly from your IRA to the charity. Dave, did you get that? You just have to, she's suggesting, and I think it's a good one, the money go directly from the brokerage, the custodian to the the uh, charitable organization so that you get full credit for that and you don't pay any tax. It's great. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back as we continue talking real money. Your real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Thank you for being part of the program today. You know, our job is really to help you put money in its place, help you understand it, deal with it better every single day. And part of the way we do that is a one-on-one conversation. We happily give you an hour or so of our time absolutely free. We can look at your portfolio, look at your retirement plan, all of those things, and have a conversation to make sure you're on, on the right track. Some of you will say, yeah, I want to be clients. Some of you will say, I, I appreciate the help and don't need any more than that. But either way, it's fine. You simply go to TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com, and click on Meet an Advisor. You realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now? 